Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Chicago everywhere, check it. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah, yeah. Here on a Sunday, recording, what is it, about 6.35 or so, this opening segment we're recording here on a Sunday evening. And I, I just got to say this. I just got to say this. Forget the intro and all that. Shout out to Simple Football. Shout out to not overthinking things. Shout out to to blocking, tackling, covering kicks, completing passes, shaking things up with a trick play here or there. You know, I'm a big fan of the the, the jet sweep to Darnell Mooney who's running people over. Shout out to just measured and thoughtful play calling. And and all that goes to say, shout out to my main man, Bill Lazor. I didn't know Bill Lazor was my main man till today, but I'll be damned if Bill Lazor, a.k.a. Willie Bean, a.k.a. I got this, a.k.a. slap your favorite DJ. Wait a minute. No, that's K-Slay. I I couldn't go that far with it. But shout out to Bill Lazor because – Everyone's playing coy all week long about who's going to be the starter. Is it going to be Dalton? Is it going to be Fields? People brought up Nick Foles. And there's going to be a lot of shouts out to people in this uh, pod because the Bears won, right? Bears now 2-2, two and two, beat up on the lowly Lions. And, boy, do they have some issues, whether it be personnel-wise or the person who's wearing the main headset and Dan Campbell, who couldn't wait, just couldn't wait to give up points. Nah, nope, I'm not kicking nothing. I'm, I'm going for it. And goal to go. We doing this thing. I, actually, I heard that they were seven for, for their last seven in fourth and goals or goal-to-go situations or something like that. But, man, did Dan Campbell leave some points out there on the field. My, my namesake, my guy, Jared Goff, looked very Jared goff running for his life made a couple of good throws but we're gonna get this back to bill laser like i said bill laser if you remember 
after week one, Bill Lazor kind of came out there and was like, there's nothing that this kid ain't ready for, and I don't make those calls, so don't ask me. All of a sudden, Bill Lazor's making the calls. The Bears ran the ball 39 times. Okay, and we're going to get to the David Montgomery injury, but the Bears ran the ball 39 times. And for all those people out there, well, of course, you know, you, you, you seal a victory away, or you cement a victory with, with runs. So anybody who talks about the run-pass ratio is a football meatball. Nah, play. If you've been watching this Bears team over the last three years or so, they've abandoned the run when they up six, up seven, down six, down seven. They've abandoned the run at several different points during every season that I've watched over the last three years. So I'm not just going to chalk it up to – how they had a lead or they were winning or the the Lions were on the ropes and that's why they ran the football. Nah, man, they ran the football because Bill Lazor was tired of seeing a a beleaguered offensive line take punishment. We talked to Lomas Brown last week leading up to this game and he said everything that every offensive lineman I've ever heard say about blocking, whether it be pass sets or run blocking, they want to enact a certain amount of punishment. And that's what the Bears did today. You saw Jesse James get in there for more than one play. You're blocking tight end. It was two and three tight end sets. I mean, it was very apparent what they were going to do. They were going to take the game out of Justin Fields' hands until they had to put it in his hands. And this this is the most important part of today's game. You got something to evaluate. You don't get too many opportunities at this, whether it be drafting a franchise quarterback or hell, week to week in the NFL. You only got 17 weeks, 17 weeks. You get 17 games to evaluate what the hell you got. And last week was a total departure away from the evaluation process as far as Justin Fields is concerned. So if Bill Lazor went out there today and the Bears lost this game close but it was the, with the same game plan, I would have been fine with it because we have something to evaluate now. And now we can actually start talking about the prospect as quarterback instead of did they do the right things? Did they did they serve him? Did they, you know, did they do what was in his best interest? You know, the six for twenty and all this other stuff. Listen, I can I can now say, and I could have said it before, but I was waiting for actual game footage and not that bullshit that we watched last week. But I can now say, hey, Justin, take the cheese, like Trent Dilfer said to, to Ryan Russillo right here on the ringer. Take the cheese, man. Sometimes things are open. This young man is trying to get things down the field. He's trying to make the big play. I can dig it. And guess what? I want it. I'm all for it. But you got to know when. And I appreciate him because it's all a part of the learning process. You know, securing the football. Yeah, it's not going to always be a clean pocket. You know, you don't have a, you know two or three first rounders in front of you like you do at Ohio State. You're going to have to make some things happen. And when you're making things happen, you're going to have to secure the ball a little bit better. Now, he recovers his own fumble, but in the end, there are some things to actually evaluate with this game and this quarterback. This is where we need to be going forward. And, and somebody tweeted me, or maybe it's a text me, because these days I don't know the difference between a tweet and a text when it comes to my phone. But somebody hit, hit me up and said in the, in the mentions or on my phone saying, yeah, man, I'm just ready for Andy Dalton to be the name the starter next week. Hey, guess what? Even if that does happen, we got tape to evaluate, and we'll skewer Matt Nagy's ass when, when, when he does make that call. I don't think he's gonna make that call but we'll see we have something to actually talk about the play action passing in this game the 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 actual setting up of plays and then revisiting them in the third quarter you know the the ball that he dropped right over Darnell Mooney's shoulder when Bobby Price Jr. was uh was was guarding him on the sideline or uh, the the Mario Manningham throw I like to call it the cover two beater remember when Eli Manning uh dropped the ball to Mario Manningham to damn near win the Super Bowl (laughs) was it yeah, when was that Super Bowl? When was it? Oh, I'm bad with this. 2010? I don't know. 2011? Somewhere around there. 
But we all know the famous throw where Eli Manning drops the ball in, in Mario Manningham's sh- basket pretty much and it's a cover two beater you play a corner route as soon as that 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 uh wide receiver clears that linebacker clears that corner your corner route right there if you got the arm strength and you got the arm talent and you got the touch to drop that thing in a bucket he did that a couple of times like the evaluation process this team ain't good this team is nowhere close to good but they're two and two and the quarterback came away feeling good about it now, these are some of the other things we need, to, we need to talk about. I have been on this secondary, and rightfully so. And everybody not named Jalen Johnson has had reasons for you to be on him. But, man, Duke Shelley played his ass off today, I thought, in a, in a very physical way. Duke Shelley was coming up making plays. Uh, Deion Bush, you know, there was some ups, there was some downs. But for the most part, filling in for Deshaun Gibson, I thought Deion Bush played a, a really, really nice game. And that defensive line. You know, Robert Quinn, and he talked about it in the post game about how he was he's in a different place maybe physically than he was last year. Robert Quinn surpassed his amount of sacks that he had last year, I believe, in, in, in a game and a half this year. Robert Quinn was in the backfield all game long. Khalil Mack played his ass off, even though he got hurt. Akeem Hicks and that groin, we're going to have to watch. A uh, man that big and a man who's, you know, got that much pressure on him in terms of taking on double teams and guys leaning on him and trash around the pocket and falling into your legs and all that. You know, a groin injury, that's never a good deal, and especially for a guy, you know, who's getting up there in age. But, man, that was that was a simple football game. That's all I've been asking for. That's all we wanted. Instead of making everything cute, by the way, it's 2012 Super Bowl. Appreciate you, Tanny. Instead of making everything cute, and, 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 you know, making – oh, look at this play. Oh, he, see, this is the thing. It, it seemed like Matt Nagy has wanted to make the play callers around the league go, man, Matt Nagy's really calling some really intricate shit out there. But meanwhile, you're getting your ass beat and not scoring any points. Bill Lazy went out there and was like, all right, cool. If we're getting beat up on the line, let's make these guys move forward. Let's actually hit somebody. Let's run the football and move it around a little bit. Go off to play action. Free some of these linebackers, right? And the Detroit Lions don't have enough. Well, they played well enough against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens last week, but the Detroit Lions really don't have anything on that defensive side of the football that's going to scare me. You know, they don't have pass rushers like that, right? There's not anybody in that secondary now that Jeff Okuda is hurt that I'm willing to write home about. Tracy Walker's a good player, but that Detroit Lions team was right for the picking, and they got picked because Bill Lazor, by the way, Bill Lazor for mayor, a.k.a. Willie Beam, right? He went out there. Put the game plan together, called the plays, gave his quarterback, you know, a, a short field. Some time, I'm sorry, cut off half the field at times, moved him out of the pocket a little bit. You know, that was it 21 out of the 30 dropbacks last week were with five man protection. Didn't see that this week. They extended the line with two tight ends and sometimes three tight ends out there. So I'm sorry. The game is very simple. And when you put a person, when you get called or tabbed to be the play caller after what we saw last week, you you cooking with gas. What you going to do this week? Get 46 yards, right? So shout out to Bill Lazor. Shout out to the Bears defensive line. Uh, Alec Ogletree, I thought, played really, really well today as well. Filling in nicely uh, for Danny Trevathan, who I believe is uh, is coming back. Uh, a little bit slower maybe than he would like. but man, And Eddie Goldman was out there today, probably played more snaps than he would have intended to. But, you know, this Bears defense, it, it wasn't as bad as it looked in the first game, first couple of games, actually. And maybe it's not as good as it looks right now, but they're okay. They're fine. 
they're, they're not a bad defense. They're getting older, right? And there's some, there's some speed issues. And definitely the secondary is something we're going to have to watch all season long as they try to get it together with Kendall and, and, and Duke on the other side of uh, Jalen Johnson. But they did what they were supposed to do today. Every football game doesn't have to be this sterling, magnificent art piece. No. Sometimes it could be nasty, be muddy, I'm going to beat your ass, and then we're going to go home. Bears rush, they, they ran for three touchdowns. And this is another shout-out that I got to give right here. Damian Williams. Damian Williams is out there not just running hard, but he's got more wiggle to his game than I you know, previously saw in Kansas City and his other stops. Like, he's, he's got something to him. Now, the David Montgomery thing, that – um. That, that scares me. Obviously, uh, we learned after the game that the, the MRI revealed no major structural knee damage. But anytime a guy like that, as tough as that dude is, is, is limping off the field, I, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it. But, yeah, this was a simple game played by simple men and coached by simple men, and you beat a simple-ass team. That's what it's supposed to be. Stop making this thing so damn complicated. It, it, it isn't rocket science. It isn't brain surgery. It's football. If you can't block it, scheme it up so you can take some of that pressure off those guys. If you can't block it, make them hit somebody first and get lathered up. It's simple football. And I know, you know, the, everybody hears the cliches and gets into what, you know, what it should sound like or what it should feel like. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. Went to the Bears game, and I can't wait to tell you about it. I mean, by the way, this is episode 11 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by Ringer and, of course, Spotify is the gang. The Full Go with Jason Goff. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. It's the full go, baby! <laughs> the soldier feel experience. <laughs> you, gonna, you gotta revise your statement from the previous show. <laughs> Oh. 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 oh, boy, oh, boy. Man, my team, yeah. my city. Oh, when folks, when folks know there's only 80 of these bitches, they let everybody in that motherfucker, boy. <laughs> I was looking around like, am I supposed to be here? Fuck it. We, we recording as it is. <laughs> Man, hey, listen. <laughs> I last time I went to a Bears game was in London. Uh, versus the Raiders, we talked about this, and I've been I've been uh, chastised for being the the beginning of the end of the season a couple of years ago. Had my first experience in Soldier Field in quite some time, and um, it started a little a little inconspicuously. Uh, <laughs> man, <laughs> I got into an Uber today. By the way, it was pouring rain by the crib. Right, it wasn't raining uh, by Soldier Field. It wasn't raining apparently anywhere else, but on my damn head. I get into what well, before I even get into the Uber. The dude tells me about how long it's gonna take and and what he just came from. And yeah, this this is this is one thing, Uber drivers. We appreciate y'all and we appreciate the service that you provide. But I I, I don't really give a shit about how your day is going. 
right? Like if I say how you doing, then cool. I get in because our interaction had already started on the, the I've arrived message. By the way, stop hitting this with I've arrived messages, Uber drivers. We know where y'all at. We watching you on the damn app. But this man had the nerve, the gall to tell me because I was like, hey, uh, how far are you going to take? Well, actually, he started this, Chris, and I, I want you to, to understand that I'm talking to my man, Chris Tannehill, because he's seen me frustrated in many a moment. Chris, he started our interaction by telling me that he was going to drop me at Roosevelt and Canal. Now, if anyone knows where Soldier Field is. That's not close, yo, right? Is that not close? <laughs> Not at all. Not at if in fact the man should have been like, hey, motherfucker, I'm just gonna pick you up from your crib and drop you down the street and have you walk to Soldier Field. And I was like, um, sir, uh, is this fair gonna be discounted? And he said to me, Chris, this man texted me back and said, You're always free to get another ride. Oh <laughs> the the feel free to unfollow from the Uber driver. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> He went to the golf files and hit me with the hashtag FFTU. <laughs> Feel free to unfollow. I'm like, how much money is this dude making out here to shit on a $70 ride? By the way, it was 70 bucks to get to Soldier Field. $70. You know what I mean? You said last week how you, you were close <laughs> and you live close. That seems like a lot. <laughs> No, I used to live close. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, the yeah. old place is right across the street. This place ain't across the street. Did you move to the suburbs? Like, what happened there? No, <laughs> I thought I thought maybe I was living in Mantino or, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I moved to Crete when I got TV. Like, I, I thought maybe I'm, yeah, way out. Maybe I'm in Naperville or maybe I'm in Bolingbrook somewhere. I am in the city limits. I am right off of 94. Like, like as soon as you get off of 94, I am right smack dab there probably 800 feet off the expressway so i proceed to tell this man what he should be doing and where he should be going he's like no nah, no nah, i just came from there i'm like all right man you got it i don't want to argue my day has already been corrupted people have been getting on my nerves before noon it was already bad and and at this point too it's raining raining hard as hell and my man eron who is is my man 50 grand he asked me if i wanted to go to the bears game a couple of days ago i told him sure and then i told him i had to figure it out because, you know, it's my weekend with Jay. I want to make sure everything's good with my little man. He's headed to a pumpkin patch, so he's cool. I tell my man, E, I'm, I'm down. I get outside, and then I had to make the rain decision, Tanny. I had to make the decision of, do I really want to go to this Bears game with the, with the amount that it is raining? The rain cleared up. We get closer to the stadium. I'm telling this man to get on Lakeshore Drive. Sorry if I'm making this too local for the outsiders, but damn it, it's called the Full Go Podcast. And I'm telling this man where to get. I tell this man to get on 55 and, you know, double back. You know, go around the traffic, right? He's like, oh, I don't, it's probably going to be longer, but let's do it. Smooth sailing for 10 minutes. It took us 10 minutes on the trip that he said he was going to take 31. And I didn't say it worked. Because I don't like to spike the ball because I've been there before talking shit to Uber drivers. We get there. He's like, oh, sir, you know, have a good one. He's trying to get his five stars. Nah, player, you two-star shorty from here on out. Then I get out the damn car. It's hot as hell. It's humid. I got a full jogging suit on because I thought I was going to be soaked in rain. I walk through uh, at least at least an acre worth of dog shit to get to the gate. I pull up to the gate. I can't get my tickets up. I, I, I walk up, and we are 
we are high five in Jesus Christ. That's that's where we are sitting, right? So I, I'm like, all right, let's get to the section. I walk to the section. A couple people say, hey, what up, golf? I'm like, hey, man, appreciate the police officer. It was like, yo, love what you're doing with the pod. I'm like, hey, love what you're doing with not arresting me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what the deal was. <laughs> so, so, so I keep it moving. I get to my seat. You are a man and, of the people going up there to the uh, to the upper deck there saying oh, what's up. So the, you are a man oh, of the people for real, hey, for real. Hey, hey, Tanny. Tanny, it was. When I tell you, I hadn't. I've been around. You know, the Bulls games give you a nice little glimpse of the city, but not a full glimpse of the city. Right. The Bulls games are usually, you know, um, you know, people trying to catch up with players. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, usually families. Right. It's good dinner theater as, as one of our former. Well, one of my former co-workers would like to call it. You know, the Bulls games are a different vibe. You go to Sox games, you're going to see everything. But there's you know, you, I, I could keep to myself a little bit at the Sox game. I'm there at the Bears game. There are dudes, you know, you get in that side eye like. I'm going to say something, but I don't want to, you know, seem like a fan. So I, I, I see those guys. I give them a head nod. I sit next to two young men who go to Fenwick High School. We, we're shooting the shit, talking crazy. And then I go to the concession stand, and this young lady acted as if I was not going to pay her for these beers that I was asking for because she was awfully rude. And I'm just sitting here like, you know what? Screw everything I said about the Bears moving to Arlington Heights. <laughs> Screw, that that you can go back and listen to podcast number ten if you want to. Oh, that no. dude is a damn fool. Oh Let me no! Tell you, yeah, eleven yeah. episodes for our first official redaction. You damn right. And and guess what? The redaction gonna be as loud as the the the, the first the initial statement because I am never going back to Soldier Field again. <laughs> I mean, you got dudes high-fiving it, and I'm like, hey, man, it's still COVID-y out here, but all right. I'm fist-bumping cats and looking for the hand sanitizer at the same time. You got the Detroit Lions fans out there, so you know meth was around somewhere. Because I'm I'm looking at these dudes like, man, you are awfully skinny to have all those tattoos and none of your teeth. But, hey, man, enjoy your game. That's the other thing, too. Like, football games – there's so much missed when you're at the game, but the 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 atmosphere is dope. Like I had a good time. I'm I, you know, I'm just messing around a little bit here. This is all, you know, this is not all joking, but some of it's joking. Man, the atmosphere is cool. Like you can feel the eruptions coming. I love I can see the all twenty two because of where I was sitting. I love seeing a play develop and saying, Uh oh, he's got him out there and then he hits it and then you look like a genius, right? But then there was a guy behind me who wanted to play I know football too, and I'm just muttering things to my partner next to me he's sitting there oh man qb draw would do as well right now i'm like hey man you got it whatever job you think i have you can have it for these next two and a half hours i don't want to talk football with you i just want to chill in the moment but it was fun it was cool to be around uh my friends i haven't seen my guys for a little bit since the new schedule uh with the podcast and of course uh you know basketball season coming up here it was it was I remember Soldier Field and what it used to be for me and my dad and, you know, going to a couple of games with friends and, of course, going to that one game with my mom. Uh, this, the Soldier Field vibes were there in full effect. Uh, there were there were a lot of overweight men with no asses. It looked like they was just got beaten the ass with a backpack. You know what I'm saying? Just, just, just ironing board, just straight, straight strong shoulders and no backside with the jeans falling off them because you can't tie the belt loop t- tight enough and just hard oh this is the other thing too just 
you're just bumping into hard guts. You know what I mean? Because there's a whole bunch of people. So you just you're just trying to you're trying to get through to the wreckage of men in the soldier field concourse and just your elbow touches something like, does that guy have a gun on him? No, that is his belly button. That dude's belly is hard as hell. Like, sir, you might want to go get that checked out. But nah, it was good to commiserate uh, with all the guys and girls at Soldier Field. Clearly had a great time. <laughs> oh, I had a blast. I had a blast. Don't 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 let what I'm saying, you know, f- freak you out. I mean, these are this is the thing. These are all the emotions I was feeling every second of the time I was out there. Like I was like, get me out of here. Boy, is this cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was it was awesome, man. I, I appreciated it. I appreciate live sporting events, you know? It's like it's like going to see live music, right? You're like, oh, this this sounds different. This feels different. But shout out to Bill Laser once again. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, listen, if you don't think that this dude has the raw materials and what is necessary uh, going forward, then we're just watching different games. And And it wasn't like we didn't know. It wasn't like we didn't know. This is indictment number one on Matt Nagy's record when it comes to this kid. And we'll see if Andy Dalton starts going forward. But Willie Beam, a.k.a. Bill Lazor, did his thing. And... Damn it, Soldier Field did his thing on me on Sunday afternoon. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Connect with the show 24-7 on the full gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. My favorite part of the show, because I don't have to do all the talking, because who wants to listen to my big dumb voice for an hour? Oh, yeah, that's you. Uh, it's my favorite part of the show. It's an award-winning segment. If there was an award for a segment like this, it is time for our voicemails where you call up and tell us how you feel about any damn thing. But usually on Sundays, we know what you're talking about. So, Tanny, let's get it started. Hey, Jason, Chris, Joe from Chicago. Hope you all are doing well. Feeling good after this Bears dub, but... Worried about the potential season-ending injury for David Montgomery and the effect that has on the team. I like Damian Williams, but over 13 games to go down the stretch, I'm skeptical that uh, he can't really match that production. Curious your thoughts. I hope I'm overreacting. Hope you all are well. Peace. Joe, appreciate your call, man. Yeah, man, that was uh, that 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 brought a hush over the crowd, no doubt about it. David Montgomery is important, and I think he's the best player on the offense. Um, obviously, Justin is the most important player on the offense, and there's a conversation that could be had for Allen Robinson. But for real, for real, I didn't even mention Darnell Mooney in, uh, in the opening segment. But Darnell Mooney, listen, people talk about uh, Justin needed somebody to be college open. Darnell Mooney was getting college open. If you go back the last couple of weeks, uh, Allen Robinson just hasn't been as open as we've uh, been accustomed to seeing. And, uh, yeah, the David Montgomery injury didn't look good. 
uh, I think I read, and I don't want to, I don't want to overstate this, but I think I read uh, from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, yeah, initial tests on David Montgomery's knee reportedly don't indicate a major injury. That doesn't mean that David Montgomery won't miss some time, but major injury when we talk about structurally, uh, that's a good thing. But his paddling, um, you not being able to get him square up, you know, like he's, you know, he's a lot, he's a lot more shifty. Uh, than than I would have ever imagined. Watched him at Iowa State, loved him at Iowa State, but he's a lot more shifty than I would imagine. Seems like he's changed his body a little bit since he's been in the league as well. He's always leaning forward. I think he's a better pass catcher uh, than than you know, not just giving credit for, but the attempts or the the actual targets that he gets. Uh, David Montgomery is very important to this team. Damian Williams, like you said, can can hold it down for a couple of weeks, maybe. Uh, but David Montgomery is a linchpin of this offense, and especially with the offensive line getting something going now and moving forward, actually hitting people. Um, I think David Montgomery is is definitely a guy that you're going to need healthy. Uh, we'll see if it's next week or the week after that. But it didn't look good, and he limped off the field. So you hope, I hope all is well for the Bears running back. Tanny, what else we got? Yo, Jason, this is Jerry from Minnesota. Uh, first of all, big ringer listener. Glad we have finally have a Chicago show. So <laughs> thank you for that. You're doing a great job. Uh, <clears throat> watching this game this week, man, I just got to ask, what's Ryan Pace going to do? <laughs> like, even against the Lions, this is a bad team. And they don't, they, they look good. They don't look great. It's not a playoff team. It's not a division team. And Ryan Pace has a good history. You know, you look at Darnell Mooney, Eddie Jackson, Tonga, some other guys. Like, he can draft deep. He's really good at that. So, you know, when push comes to shove, like, is he going to get rid of, is he going to trade Allen Robinson? Is he, is he going to trade a key mix? Hmm. and get some draft picks, get some depth out of these guys. Like, that's what this team needs. They can't, they, they just can't keep spending money and trading away draft picks, trading away first-round picks like this. So, and I hope he's got a plan. Like, put Matt Nagy aside. Matt Nagy's done. Matt Nagy's done. I hope he's got a plan. And I, hope, I hope this is it. So thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making your call. Um, I mean, Ryan Pace, I don't know how far ahead Ryan Pace can be looking, though, right? Like, if, if you're on the hot seat and your coach is on the hot seat, and who knows if they're really on the hot seat because that's just speculation by us, the fans and, and observers of this team. But if you're on the hot seat, maybe he's like, hey, I'm not I'm not putting this team together for nobody else. Yeah, <laughs> let's try to sign. Well, they can't try to sign everybody, obviously, with their cap situation. But <clears throat> if they're dra- trading draft capital, I, I wonder who, w- who would tell Ryan Pace, nah, we ain't doing that. Is it Ted Phillips, right? Is it is it one of the McCaskey brothers? Um, I love that name, by the way, the McCaskey brothers. It's oh, just... I love their soulful sounds. They're <laughs> one of my favorite groups. Uh, you know, I, I, I love the 1991 uh, like cinematic uh, adventure known as New Jack City, where it was Nino Brown and G Money, known as the McCaskey brothers. You know what I mean? Like just getting money in the Carter back in, back in the day. I'm just picturing picturing George McCaskey with a Kangol on and, and, and G Money just 
can you picture one of the McCaskey brothers just shooting, shooting, shooting hoops on a court with leaves on it, in pleated pants, and with with Gucci loafers on and no shirt? Like now we have to do it. Now we have to put the McCaskies in New Jack City. Hey, I, I thought the McCaskey brothers were the ones that tried to kill Scarface. I thought that was them <laughs> in the club, just waiting. <laughs> God, I hate you and love you at the same time. But yeah, sorry to not answer your question, but we were having way too much fun with casting New Jack City and Scarface with the McCaskey family. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Virginia McCaskey playing Keisha, you know, with the, with the, with the Tech 9 off the back of the, off the, back of the motorcycle. <laughs> oh, shit, they're going to kill us for this. All right, what's, what's the next voicemail, Teddy? Jason, Q on the north side, man. Great hearing you and Taney go back and forth about the Bears moving to Arlington Heights. And, you know, it's bittersweet, and maybe it's something that has to happen. And it's hard for me to take sides, right? You have a poorly run organization that is Chicago government, the city of Chicago itself, the Chicago Park District. And then you also have the poorly run organization that is the billion-dollar franchise, the Chicago Bears. So it's hard for me to take sides one way or another. But the one thing that I would be sad for is I'd be sad for the city of Chicago. One of the things I did, uh, you know, born and raised here, did an architecture tour. We are a city known for great architecture. You take a look at our skyline, and it's been changing the last few years. It's no longer just the Hancock on the left and the Sears Tower on the right, depending if you're coming down to Kennedy like I do sometimes. It's different now. You see Vista Tower. You see the other towers that are going up. We are building high-rises in this city. We are building stuff, and I don't understand why we can't build something new and beautiful on the lakefront. And I don't know if that encompasses, you know, the Bears need to buy it outright from the park district or the park district is going to hold stuff up and the Bears are just frustrated with it. But mm-hmm. I would be sad for Chicago. I'd be sad for the city of Chicago because we do have this beautiful lakefront, this beautiful city. And we hang our hat on a lot of old stuff. We hang our hat on the 85 Bears and the Bulls of the 90s and stuff like that. And we, we hang on to old stuff, but what are we doing to push new stuff? They just broke ground on the presidential library. I think that's awesome. You know, George Lucas, his lady is from here. They wanted to build a Star Wars museum. We chased that out of here. Tiger Woods, greatest golfer of all time, wants to build a golf course down there, and that project has stalled. It has gone nowhere. And now we're just going to let the Bears walk. And, and sometimes I just wonder, as a city, yes, we are a world-class city, but at some point you got to build something new. you got to build new attractions. You can't just build buildings for people to live and work in. And I think it's one of those projects that would have been worthwhile. So while I, hey, if they go out to Arlington, fine i'll probably still be watching from home but man i i do i am one of those weirdos that loves the shots of the city when the bears play at home so all the best my man appreciate you and Tannehill. keep it rocking god damn q there's nothing else for me to say you just <laughs> you went you went hard that was great by the way uh that's q uh on the north side q from the north side uh, it's my main man, Matt Cusack. You should check him out on Instagram. He does great, great bourbon reviews. And he's just an all-around cool dude. He's got a beautiful family. Hey, listen, <clears throat> I um, I agree with you. And I, and I extolled the virtues of uh, the city and how it looks and how it feels on Bears Sundays uh, last pod. Uh, yes, I, I think it would take something away from the overall experience. And even if you don't go to games, like you mentioned, Q, like, a whole bunch of things. Like, what's the last new thing that was built downtown? The Bean? Or, like, Maggie Daly Park? Like, there's not a lot of room for things, but there is room for a uh, a stadium. And what's going to be there if the Bears move? 
right? You're going to put a concert venue there or something like that. Like people are already running from the convention center. McCormick Place has already has already lost a whole bunch of business over the last, I don't know, four or five, six, seven, eight years because of some of the taxes that, that, that go down here, uh, the, the entertainment taxes that go down here in Cook County. So yeah, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same, you know, just like how it wasn't the same from Chicago Stadium to, to United Center. It wouldn't be the same. But what you don't want to do is have a town paying for what billionaires should be paying for. Um, you know, you, you, you look at, I believe, SoFi Stadium was a 700 million. I could be wrong, but I think it's 700 million, something like that in public money. You look at uh, uh, Mercedes Benz in Atlanta. They they built uh, close to or on the land of one of the most historically uh, and oldest black churches. Like like back in the day when there was slavery, this was a church, and and they were like, nah, yeah, we got we got to put a, a big ass stadium here with a retractable roof and the Atlanta Falcons, so they can go three and fourteen, right? So it, it's it's all about subsidizing billionaires, and do you want to do that as a city? Uh, as as far as this city's economic standing right now, I mean, it ain't good. You got teachers uh, who aren't getting paid what they're worth. You've got uh, police officers and firefighters who are fighting for equipment, uh, you know, and, and you know, not to mention all the stuff that you have when we talk about police reform. You know, look how much money is given out every single year in this city when it comes to uh, some of those abuse cases. So there's a lot going on in the city right now. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot doesn't have many um, allies, <laughs> to say the least. So if if you keep them, you're gonna have to pay. If you lose them, you're gonna have to pay with your you're behind. You know what I mean? You got to you gonna have to give up a pound of flesh because nobody wants to lose the bears. So the city has found itself in a conundrum, and I think the uh, the bears are holding all the cards right now. So hopefully it doesn't happen, but. Weird things have happened. I remember Sox fans being scared that they were moving down to St. Petersburg, right? And the, and the threats uh, by the Reinsdorf family, by Jerry Reinsdorf and the group of owners. So um, losing your team, you know, sports, sports give you a special identity. It gives a city a fabric, a culture that no matter what, uh, all, all the people, all the inhabitants of that city can get down with. And I would hate for this city to lose this team uh, while it remained the namesake, I would, you know, uh, it just it just would feel different. It would it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's how I've grown up. So, what else we got, Tenny? Hey, this is Larry from Orlando. Been doing it for two years. Came out of Chicago. I just want to say I love the show. Uh, super pumped that the ringer finally is doing something with Chicago. It's like I'm listening to me. It's like I'm listening to a conversation with me and my kid brother. Talking about the Bears and how much we hate that we're fans. Uh, super psyched about this week. I think as long as Bill Lazor's calling the plays, I think we'll be okay. Or at least Nagy can save his job because Bill Lazor calls good plays and there's no five-man five, five man protections. But, uh, again, love the show. You're doing a great job. And keep it going. Appreciate you, Larry in Orlando. Thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, shout out to Dollar Bill Simmons and The Ringer and Spotify for putting this thing together and allowing me to pilot it. Um, we're going to have fun, man. I mean, we, we, we're going to catch a rhythm here, right? We're only 11 episodes in. Uh, the guests have been outstanding. I've been uh, as, as above average as needed so far. So hopefully I kick it into a higher gear as we go along here. But um, this isn't just me talking. Chris Tannehill and Steve Cerruti have uh, held my hand through this podcast journey. 
And I, I definitely appreciate it because Lord knows y'all want to go back and listen to that first episode. Boy, I was tight. I was nervous as hell. Saruti told me to do 15, 17 minutes in the first segment. I did 42 minutes going off. So I appreciate you guys listening. I don't even remember if you had a question. I think you just shouting this out. So I appreciate that as well. Uh, the voicemails. We, we love them. We need them. We appreciate your interaction. We want to make this thing as fun and as interactive as possible, right? Because... You know, I've I've done four and five hour shows before. Hell, I did a four hour solo show when I was in Atlanta for a couple of years. And it ain't easy, but it's always fun uh, talking to someone who you think is intrigued and listening. And you guys have made me feel that way. It's always good seeing Tanny's face pop up there on the Zoom and, of course, Rudy as well. So it's been a it's been a good ride. These first 11 episodes. Here's to uh, it was 189 more to complete the season. So that's our voicemail segment. As always, you can hit up the number. Vic Spencer tells you exactly what to hit up. And shout out to the Twitter follower who showed me via screenshot that it is saved in his contacts. I believe it was his ice number, too, in case of emergency, not like ice, like, you know, get out of here, foreigner, but like ice. <laughs> right, right, not right, not not Tom Thibodeau ice, <laughs> not ice in the pick and roll, but his in case of emergency contact, which is uh, troublesome to say the least, because I don't know if you know if something happens or you you know you get yourself a DUI or something crazy, you know what I mean? Something silly happens and all of a sudden they gotta call somebody for you. I don't know if they want to hear me and the dulcet tones of my foolishness saying you can leave your take there. So remove that from your ice contact. And just leave it in your regular contacts. Hit us up anytime on the voicemail right here on the full go with Jason Gall. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. And oh, you thought it would be seashells and balloons, sunflowers and sunshine and all the other S words that make you feel happy. Well, Matt Nagy is still the head coach of the Chicago Bears. And like I said, I gave every Sean Desai, by the way, Sean Desai has coached up two pretty damn good uh, games. His, his, listen, whatever he's doing with Robert Quinn and whatever Robert Quinn is doing, you know, lining him up on the same side as Khalil sometimes, lining him up on the same side as, as uh, Akeem before Akeem got hurt. Uh, Blau Nichols playing his ass off. That front seven played well. And, and Sean Desai did some things. There was a play. I believe it was the tip pass. Uh, that, 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 was, it, was it a pick or was it a, a fumble recovery? But 
there was a moment there where Jared Goff, who's been in the league now for five years, thought they were in man. They bailed back into into zone coverage, and that happened two or three times. Like Sean Desai was out there making a a veteran, a young veteran quarterback look like a, a rookie at times. And Jared was scrambling for his life for a lot of that game. So shout out to the Bears pr- pass rush, but. Yeah, man, Sean Desai coached his ass off. Bill Lazor coached his ass off. Bears got themselves a win. And then Matt Nagy had a chance to talk about that win. Let's give it a little spin so we can figure out what exactly is the feeling headed into this week. You referenced all the conversations and the solutions you had this week. Yeah. Did you end up delegating some of the play calling responsibility? Yeah, again, that, that goes back to uh, what we talked about internally for the whole week is whatever I can do for, for the, the best thing for, for the Bears, um, whatever that is. And I think that, uh, again, for, for us, I think big picture, so we all understand it is, um, you know, the, the offense in general, we get together on Monday as a staff, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We go through everything together. Ultimately, it goes through me, right? Everything that we do, regardless of, of anything else, who's calling this, who's calling that, it goes through me. And so um, that part I appreciate because we, we do it together, and then there's a collaboration of how we do it. But uh, I thought that our coaches did a great job today. Uh, I thought our players executed, which is what we asked for. And quite honestly, again, like I know, and, and with all due respect, I understand the questions, but that's what it is, and that's what's going to be the rest of the year is just is just knowing that whatever happens, it goes through me, and we've done it together. Just to clarify, can you say who called the plays, and if there was a change, what impact it had on the game? Yeah, so in regards to the play calling, uh, Bill did a great job, you know, and, and I think that, uh, you know, at the same point in time, it's important that we understand that, uh, I had to. Be, I, I felt good out there as a head coach, and that's real, you know. Um, but we all get together. We talk through um, how we're gonna call the game, and we do that when when I'm when I'm calling plays too. You know, what I mean, us as a staff, we get together, and and um, so I think that that's important for everybody to know. You know, is that when we build a game plan together, whether it's the offensive line coach with Juan, or whether it's our tight ends coach or wide receiver coach, et cetera, we do it together. And, and in the end, um, you know, I get a, a great opportunity to say, yes, I like this, or no, I don't, as the head coach, right, in charge of all that. that that's real. Right. So um, when you do that, now I also go back to saying last week, right, or this, this last week was, hey, whatever I need to do to try to be the best head coach for the <laughs> Chicago Bears, whatever that is, I, I don't care. I just want us to have the best opportunity to win. And I feel like Bill did a great job today. Our players did a great job. Our coaching staff did a great job. And we played collectively together as a team, not just players, not just coaches, everybody. And when you have that, it's a good feeling. So we'll continue to just keep talking. We'll continue to, to but, but again, like, again, with all due respect, all due respect, that it's going to be the, the last time I talk about it. Okay, with that. Sorry, do, do you want to stick with Bill as the play call? Again, I, like, like I said, <laughs> you just, <laughs> you're unbelievable. You, you try, you try, I, listen, I, I hope you understand. I get it. I get it. I get it. But just, just know, like, <laughs> uh, that's it. No more with those. 
You know what Matt Nagy is? Matt Nagy is the substitute teacher who just found out that the person he's subbing for just retired. So, so the class is now yours, and you're sitting there wheeling in, you know, the, the TV from the AV center and, or the AV room, you know, them big fat back dumbass TVs they used to pull in there, and all of a sudden you're watching The Last of the Mohicans or some other movie so that somebody can sleep off a hangover, and you're like, oh, shit, wait a minute, this is my class? Oh, okay. So, so now I got to be the smiley, happy guy? Yeah, you know, I felt great out there as a head coach. What? What are you talking about, dog? All you had to do is like, hey, Bill called a great game. What's the next question? And to tell the media that you're not going to talk about this anymore, that's exactly who was that? Katie Davis? Is that Katie? That's exactly what he should have done. That is good work by that media group, by that assembled reporters in that damn podium scrum where they're sitting there like, all right, player, I don't care what you say. Did he call the plays or not? Yeah, Bill Lazor called the plays. And guess what? Justin Fields got up there and said something very poignant. Justin Fields said there was a calm, and I want to you know put words in his mouth, but he, he's summarizing what he says, there was a there was a calmness to Bill Lazor. He's you know he's up in the he's up in the booth, right? So he's not down on the field, making sure the defense is good, making sure teams are okay. He's not he's not riding the wave or riding the emotions of the game as much as Matt Nagy might. And that's the other thing too, understanding what your weaknesses are. It took me forever in this lopsided weird career that I've had to understand that hey man some of the shit that people say about you is right you know maybe maybe you and guess what I heard a lot of that in Matt Nagy's answer whenever you talk that long about something that's very short trust me player I have been there before and it's usually when I'm in trouble all right so he started all he had to do was say yeah Bill called the plays he he took it back to hey man we he pretty much said well when this shit was humming we had the same kind of group think now all of a sudden you all want to turn y'all back on me uh-uh yelling if this thing goes down the whole thing's going down see I'm going back to New Jack City all of a sudden you know and and now Matt Nagy is <clears throat> you know you know, was he the, the educated brother from the bank, right? But no, Matt, just just, just say, yeah, man. You know, we, we had to do something different. 48 yards, wasn't going to cut it. And now y'all can go after him if this shit sucks. Like, that's all he had to say. I mean, he wasn't going to say that last part, but that's all he had to say. Bill Lazor called the plays. Because you know the quarterback wasn't going to lie. You know, and you know what? Going forward, we're going to find out. Uh, not just the relationship, but how much Justin Fields has invested in Matt Nagy. Because it, it, Bill Lazor's talked good about Justin Fields and what he can handle, uh, what he can do, how much he, you could put on his plate. He said there's nothing the kid can't handle. And Justin Fields said, hey, there's a certain tenor that uh, Bill Lazor has that I like. If you look at Justin Fields, you don't know if he's losing or winning. You know, he's got that Brandon Roy vibe, you know, former Portland Trailblazer. You know, you don't know how fast his heart is beating. You just know he's a killer, right? For him to say, you know, Bill Lazor's got a, a different temperament, a different uh, delivery, that, that means something. So I think as we go on, and like I said, the opening segment, the most important thing about this game is not that the Bears won. It's the fact that you can now evaluate something. We might need to start evaluating how Justin Fields feels about Matt Nagy as opposed to Bill Lazor as well. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. 
right, so I know a lot of y'all are going to you know, kill me and, and keep killing me on Twitter and everywhere else about the, the fact that 11 episodes in, we haven't mentioned the Chicago Sky. Well, I want to bring that to an end. Shout out to Kalia Cooper. Shout out to Allie Quigley. And, of course, shout out to Candace Parker. Uh, they take a 2-1 edge against those Connecticut Sun. And this is the, this is the cool thing about playoff basketball, just basketball in general. Uh, if you don't take your cool off, you get your ass beat. And I'm not saying that the <laughs> the sun got their ass beat, but that game, we were actually watching that game on my man Myron's phone the last <laughs> like minute of the game, 30 seconds of the game, uh, while we were at the Bears game uh, in humidity and, you know, surrounded by just, you know, the, the finer, the finer type here in the city of Chicago. But, hey, the, the sky finished the season. Uh, was it 500 and got the sixth seed going up against the Connecticut Sun and they're about to get their ass about the playoffs. So, um, and shout out to the crowd, by the way. 7,500 people on a, on a Bears Sunday uh, is, is, a, is a nice group, right? And, of course, you know, you got Candace Parker, um, one, of the, one of the greatest basketball players of all time in terms of her accolades and what she's accomplished in the sport. I remember, I remember booking Candace when she was like a sophomore junior in high school for my man Jay Hood back in the days. And just to see what she's done, not just in her career, uh, but for women and women's sports uh, since the moment she touched down in Tennessee to the moment she got drafted in L.A. to the moment she's coming back home to Chicago. She's been outstanding. And this is the thing, too. They got a fun team. You know, Courtney Vandersloot, she had like uh, 42 assists the other night. I mean, she's hitting game-winning jumpers and, and free throw, you know, uh, game-winning free throws. So shout out to, to the Chicago Sky and, and how well they've played. And it's, well, it was right across the street from me at Wintry arena back when i lived in that part of the city but um no longer will you be able to hit me up on twitter and say you haven't talked about the chicago sky we have and we will continue to and we've put in a few guest requests for the chicago sky players and in, in, in front office so um shout out to the chicago sky and as we get ready to wrap it up here uh the socks we can get to what we've been waiting on as a socks fandom because very early on, you, you, you had the feeling that the Sox were far and away the best team in this division, and they proved it. Uh, and now you get a chance to see the Sox go up against uh, a Houston Astros squad. And Tanny, I'll ask you this. Uh, from everything that we've seen this year, whether it be the Sox not being able to control other teams' run game, uh, you know, the, some of the, the defensive errors that, that, that bite them in the ass every once in a while, some of the base running errors that bite them, bite them in the ass every once in a while. How are you feeling headed into uh, what is going to be a nerve-wracking event? Because ba- playoff baseball, everybody's playoff hockey, playoff basketball, playoff football, everything's got its own texture, right? And everything's got its own vibe and feel. But there's nothing like watching something, what, take place 300 times and, 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 and hanging on every one of them. And that's what I'm talking about, playoff pitching, right? Watching, watching a, a, a playoff game and knowing that every pitch means something, you know, every managerial decision means something. Legacies are born and legacies are crushed because of it. And on top of it, the variance because of the short sample, or small, I should say, sample size. What are you looking forward to as a Sox fan? Because I, I'm trying my hardest not to, not to put 
so much pressure on the moment, right? Because I, I would hate for the Astros to come out and just bust the Sox ass the first couple of games, and then all of a sudden we're thinking like, oh, that, that whole six and a half, seven months was, was fraudulent. I won't think that, but I know a lot of people who are, are, are going to be singing that tune. I, I, I want Tim Anderson to continue to be one of the smarter hitters in baseball. And, and shout out to, to James Feagan, who um, – who, who kind of highlighted that in talking to other pitchers from around baseball, saying that Tim Anderson ain't just a dude who's going up there and, and he's just putting uh, the wood on the ball and, and, you know, they're just falling. He's, he's actually a guy who's got a thought process up there that a lot of pitchers around the league trust – I'm sorry, uh, respect. And speaking of trust, uh, Jose Abreu, right? He, he ends the season – uh, trying to you know get that RBI title, but well, I was worried about his legs and him playing every single damn day. But he, he looks like Jose Abreu, and I'm sure he's going to get some big hits in the playoffs. But what are you what are you worried about, and what are you sure of when it comes to this this Sox team heading to the playoffs as far as expectations are concerned? Uh, well, I wouldn't say worried. You know, there's obviously a lot of uncertainty when you head into the postseason, and I think a lot of teams share the same anxieties when going into the postseason. There, there's no you know, perfect teams, like other than maybe if you're the San Francisco Giants who like just, you know, blitz through their, their entire league all season long. But, you know, as far as the White Sox go, you know, you're getting back to the defense and the base running and the, you know, defense behind the plate with, with Grandal and you're wondering if they're, you know, relievers are going to be able to get their breaking stuff over without worrying about it being, you know, hitting the backstop. You know, there's a lot of things <laughs> that you think about, but I can say they've maybe lost only one game all season long directly because of a bad defensive play. I know they were shaky out there today with Leury out in right field, but that's not going to be uh, who's playing out in right field right. in the postseason. So they, they really haven't lost games because of bad defense. So everyone who's brought that up as an issue all year, I said, yeah, I definitely see it. They're not a great team. They're just a good team until they can tighten up the defense. So it's not a concern of mine. I think yeah, I'm more excited than concerned because finally – you have a team that is playing as a cohesive unit, and you get to see what it looks like with all these guys in the lineup. Now, I'd love to see Eloy start to hit a little bit, you know, but yeah. here's the thing, though. Like, you feel really good about this team after they clinched because that's when they started to ramp it back up again after being in really baseball, like, you know, this 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 purgatory, this this middle space yeah. here where you're saying, you know what, play hard but not too hard, you know? Um, so now you're back to where you're playing hard, and, and I think they're, they're going into the postseason with a little bit of momentum here. I know they lost the, the finale of the series with the Tigers, but for the most part, like, the big comeback win for them on Saturday – Showed a lot of character even after they had already known that Houston won their game. So, you know, home field was not on the line, but they still came back and won that game in the eighth inning. I thought that, that was very positive. But you're seeing this team for the first time come together as a unit offensively, and, and I think they're going to be really fun to watch in the postseason. You know, you look at the things that, that make me nervous is what are they going to do with games three and four. Now they're waiting on Carlos yeah. Rodon to throw a bullpen on Tuesday to, to let them know what, if anything, he can give them. So that, that we talked about that the other day. That's still going to be a thing going forward here, and hopefully we get some more clarity later on in the week here. But the, the reality is you, you could play as good a baseball as you want going into this thing, but you still you start and stop here because you st still have – 
three full days off in between before this thing starts. So you still have to sit here and wait and watch these other playing games happen. And that's not a lot of, you know, it's a lot of inactivity for all these teams. So you really can throw yeah. throw everything away. <laughs> you know, guys that are hitting now, like you think about Yasmani Grandal, who's been hitting the cover off the ball since he came back from the IL. Now all of a sudden he gets to sit down and take a rest for three days. So how is that going to impact him? But on the, on the flip right. side, a guy like, you know, then also you have Luis Robert, who's been killing it as well. Now you tell him to sit down for a little bit. But then on the flip side, guys who maybe weren't going – you know, uh, as as well as you'd like them to, they've got a little time here to regroup mentally, and maybe they, you know, come into the postseason with it with a fresh attitude. Guys like you know Eloy, Cesar Hernandez, guys who need to pick it up here a little bit over the past few weeks. Now maybe they can go into it fresh. So there, it's it's really like I said, it, there's so much variance here, and but I think you feel better about this team now than we did a month ago when we were talking about how this thing's going to look. I know the Rodon thing is a huge part of it, but. I think yeah. as a whole, as you know, top to bottom, the the twenty six man roster, who you know, if, you know, they'll announce this probably by the time you're listening to this, but there's still some decisions to be made there. But you have to feel pretty good about the unit as a whole, and it all starts with TA at the top, and uh, you know, he's been great the past week or so. So you know, they, however they're going to go in this postseason, he's going to dictate how far they're going to go. So you have to feel pretty good about where they sit right now. Yeah, Frank Thomas calls him Little Ricky for a reason, man. That dude is. Uh that dude's a fire starter. And uh, it was the last year where he got like nine hits in, in ten games, or three games, I should say, something like that. Uh, he's 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 everything that you think he is and probably a little bit more than that. Uh, so shout out to the Chicago White Sox. And, by the way, uh, the Yankees and Red Sox have clinched their wild card spots as you're listening to this on the final day of the season. So uh, those, uh, those Blue Jays and Mariners have been eliminated uh, the way the TV gods would like them to be. So uh, the Yankees and Red Sox will be a part of this thing, and, and uh, you'll, you'll get used to hearing two of the more obnoxious fan bases uh, chirp for at least a, you know, a week or more or so. But, uh, yeah, man, hey, baseball. Gotta love it. This is the time now, though, too, because I feel like a lot of people uh, get introduced to a lot of these stories and a lot of these players during this time because, you know, there's, there's, it's a civic passion, right? Baseball, Major League Baseball. Like, uh, I think baseball and hockey are the, the two sports where people know the most about their teams and the least about the teams that they might be facing or around the league. I could be wrong, and I could be around the wrong people. But, uh, yeah, baseball and hockey, for me, have that in common. So you'll see a lot of stories and a lot of guys that you uh, weren't privy to maybe because you've been so focused on your team. Or, or you're a Cubs fan and you, you stopped watching uh, months ago. So, All right, that's all the time we got. We'll be back on Tuesday with all the latest out of Hallis Hall as the Bears prepare for the Raiders out in Vegas, baby. I know a lot of people going out there. I was looking at some of those tickets, but they got Tyson Fury and, uh, and, and Deontay Wilder fighting out there as well, so you know those tickets are high. So we'll, we'll be staying here, but we'll be watching that game. We'll preview the Sox-Astros ALDS with Lynn Casper. Looking forward to talking to Lynn. And take a look back at the 2021 Cubs season with my main man, 50 grand, Russ Dorsey, one of the best to do it in the city. Make sure you call or text with your thoughts on anything on the voicemail line at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. And as always, thank you so much to my guys, Chris Tannehill and Steve Cerruti, for making sure this thing sounds halfway decent every single time, even if I drag it to the pits. As always, y'all, take care of each other and be safe. Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's a full go, This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, 
Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. 